1: Welcome to It Wednesdays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. There's a decapitated little redhead on my desk here. The mood of Husker Nation represented well here with the Casey Rogers News. Hope you're doing all right. We'll get to it. We'll spend time out at Mike Babcock from Hale Varsity in 15 minutes. Steve Marrick of, of HaleVarsity.com and Magazine uh, reporting the Casey Rogers News. So we'll... Roll our sleeves up and and try and speculate as to why a guy you are banking on is now in the portal for Nebraska. Numbers to join, 466 5865 Those are the numbers. can email us, chris at halevarsity.com. Follow, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio, Chris Schmidt, or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So we um, we were hoping to land Snoop Dogg today. Go ahead and laugh out loud. Uh, I had that uh, working, and uh, I maybe we'll get a surprise between now and six. This is not a false promise. Uh, we were working on it. We'll see. As uh, is Snoop is in town tonight, uh, we can keep knocking on wood, but it is 420, and if Snoop's Chilling, maybe he's uh, maybe he's just prepping for the show tonight. So hope you get to PBA and enjoy that if you're a Snoop fan, and uh, all is good there. So in our two, Austin Allen gonna be with us, uh, tight end standout for Nebraska, and is uh, headed off to the uh, NFL. His uh, draft. Uh, prospects uh, pretty high. I mean, he, he could be a third-round guy or a third-day guy, I should say, or, or maybe an undrafted free agent. Maybe somebody loves him and then he goes earlier, but we'll spend time with Austin Allen and just where he's at. Uh, really special uh, tight end for the Big Red last year. So, Casey Rogers entering in the portal, big old number 99, Make it number 98, forgive me. Ty Robinson's number 99. But the, the the flowing locks. And, you know, last time we talked with Casey was during the season. And Casey did everything in his power as he got his leg dinged up last year and wasn't able to go early on in the season. And uh, then uh, came back and gave it all he could and Casey Rogers is a guy that only played about 140 snaps in uh, the due to that early season injury a season ago. Snaps, uh, you know, nearly double that in 2020 during the COVID season. But Rogers with 23 games, one start, and uh, a guy that in limited time, 17 tackles, almost a half a sack in seven games. Casey Rogers was gold for a pressure, a hurry penetration and, and making a play. He, he made a, a, a big play in a crucial down for that defense whenever he was in. And it was limited snaps because again, of the, of the injury and, this absolutely hurts. It hurts because he's good. It's It hurts because he's good. It hurts because he's a guy that's put, you know, team above self, really busting it to get back from injury. And, and the obvious take is it hurts because of depth. I mean, the plan was to have Casey Rogers and Ty Robinson. If you're Nebraska, you have this question mark, is the defense going to take a step back? Well, it doesn't help. It's not that, that, that Ty Robinson and Garrett Nelson and uh, Caleb Tanner can't elevate their game, but, but if you have to go more of an even man front, what do you got in the middle? Is Polar Bear ready for, for bigger snaps? Is, uh, is, 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 is Jalen Weaver ready for more snaps? I mean, those guys have combined for maybe less than 10 in their career. When we talk about Weaver, Derek Blacken, and Roquan Buckley, and you had, I think, less than 20 last season played by by Nash. You can't microwave lines of scrimmage. <laughs> you can't fast forward. knew Newsome, nice, off the edge, right? But I'm you live and die on the interior in the Big Ten against Wisconsin, against Minnesota, against Iowa, specifically, in your own division, and oh yeah, the pig farmers running the football downhill uh, with Illinois. He's going to load up 85 offensive linemen and just play bumper cars. So you need to be fixed out and deep uh, to survive in the Big Ten West, and then we can talk about Ohio State and Michigan. But Elijah, this is brutal news. I don't have a why. And there's some thoughts as to, to, let's... Throw some reasons why you would leave as you're about ready to graduate with two years of eligibility. Maybe you want to change the scenery. Maybe you don't like the way the defense is shifting to your fit for what you were recruited for. You last coached Tuayote to Oregon, but you were recruited by Coach Dawson to get here, right? I mean, Dawson recruited you. Uh, is it an NIL thing where... Maybe a couple of guys they, they may have on the hook for NIL. You hear about O'Shawn Mathis, right? He's the, the prized get in the portal. Nebraska needs to go get another portal guy as well on the interior. This was before today's news. And maybe that, that rubs a guy like Casey Rogers wrong uh, because he has missed time. And it's not been through lack of effort. He's done everything in his power to get on the field and he's played well. He's been really good. Uh, on the field when he's been able to go. Uh, Does he end up at Oregon? Does he end up at a lower level? Does he just say, forget it, man. I'm graduating. My leg's jacked. I'm done with football. I've tried and I'm not the same. I'm just throwing out your, your multiple choices as to why here and now. But it's brutal news for Nebraska. It makes it imperative to go find someone beyond serviceable in the portal that has some football experience for the interior next to to Ty Robinson, or be able to somehow, some way fast track, and and just get uh, over and above from some really young guys. It's not that it can't be done with the youth movement, but it's a really hard ask to win and be as good as you want to be with youth.
2: I mean, and, and just to be clear here, for all we know. Casey Rogers could have left this spring because he saw the wind this spring and decided, you know what, I don't want to deal with this Nebraska weather anymore. We, he, we, we don't have any he's inside an upstate, information.
1: He's an upstate New York guy. Wind doesn't bother him.
2: I mean there's a, a multitude of factors that that could be at play here. Maybe he wants one last year of football closer to his family uh, up in upstate New York as you said and wants to transfer back somewhere closer to home let his family see maybe him play. Maybe he misses
1: his old position coach.
2: Yeah, maybe, I mean maybe I don't know. I just maybe he wants to give it a go at lacrosse. We we saw I mean we know that he was a, a lacrosse guy coming out of high school and before he decided to change his mind and, and go play some football. Could it be following Toyote to Oregon? Quite possibly. Could he understand maybe his knee isn't the same as it was pre-injury and we had we know how hard he had to battle back. Maybe he's mm-hmm. just saying, I, I don't know how well my knee's going to hold up in a, a power conference like the Big Ten. I'm going to go transfer down to a to a slightly lower level and make sure I get in a, a year of play time here with my last season of eligibility as opposed to potentially re-injuring the knee and being sitting on the bench the entire year for my senior year. We, we don't know what could be at play here. All I know is this: this is a big blow for Nebraska's mm-hmm. defensive front. That front seven is now thin at all positions pretty much all positions along the defensive line, those in- interior linebackers. We still don't know what Nebraska has at nickel. Who's going to be the guy? Probably Isaac Gifford, but we're still not sure. Nebraska is just thin at every single position in that front seven.
1: Listen, Ben Stilley, uh, gone. Uh, you have uh, D-Boogie, gone. You have DeAntre gone. Jordan Riley, gone. Those are all guys that have logged some snaps for you. Uh, DeAntre and Damian, both could have come back. We'll see how their future Holds with NFL potential. Jordan Riley transferred out, and you fought to, to get him in uh, with his skill set and athleticism. Brutal news. Nebraska down to just nine, nine scholarship linemen for the fall, uh, and they've combined for 11, <laughs> 11 starts and in uh, in 43 uh, total tackles in reserve roles. There's Ty Robinson that did the 400- uh, challenge this spring with four hundred plus reps. You better keep him in bubble wrap and keep him a o- take his phone. Uh, of those eleven <laughs> don't need any more departures.
2: of those eleven starts from those nine guys are all eleven of them from Casey or from uh, Ty Robinson?
1: Uh Robinson's excluded from Okay, Robinson's excluded Okay, well from the, excuse okay. me, nine scholarship linemen. They've combined for eleven stars. It's probably Ty.
2: Ty and I mean
1: Case, Casey's had one. Yeah, okay. We're talking interior lineman. Casey's had one start in his career, nineteen games. Wow, wow. So, so yeah. So then ten from Ty.
2: And my, my initial thought when I saw this news was, oh, maybe this means that uh, O'Shan Mathis is a silent commitment to Nebraska. It's not interior But, but say, it's not a like-for-like like swap. It just uh, of all the candidates for transferring this spring, I don't think Casey Rogers was even even crossed my mind once. I, he he was a guy that I was just. Penciling in almost with sharpie, saying this guy's going to be a guy who's going to get significant playing time next season.
1: No, I mean it was it was going to be it's going to be Robinson and Rogers on the interior, mm-hmm. and, and go to town and and go make some plays. And uh, yeah, feedback on on social media is like bombshell. What the heck happened? So we'll see how Nebraska responds, reacts, and how they fast track. Right. Um you know, maybe some of you are in a different boat. Maybe some of you aren't surprised. Maybe some of you uh just kind of realize that, you know, this is this is it in college football, and if Adrian Martinez can can move on from Nebraska, yeah, you sure as heck can have a Casey Rogers move on. Now, the, the team mentality has got to be next man up. That's got to be what Dawson's talking about. And I know he's been on the road. He was to see Maverick Noonan earlier this week. But I just I just don't get the – I'm not in the room. Coach Dawson connected enough to get Rodgers here. And I know that Tuioti was coaching him for the majority of, of the career that Rodgers had, and then when 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 T moves on, I don't know. Um, it, it's just it's just not good. So Nebraska needs to needs to go shopping, Elijah. You can say that again. Uh, numbers to get in can react to uh, to Nebraska's news here with Casey Rogers in the portal four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred. Now when we talk about Nebraska's defensive line going from a 3-4 to to more of an even front I'm okay with that and you look at you know who are your candidates once Daniel's moved on it's it's Nash and you've also seen Robinson play in the middle as well that's a tough ask in the big 10 and then you get to depth and in stats and just starts and you uh you got to be old and stay old right and uh you know you go back to to february 28th uh coach dawson talking uh, about his you know about rogers he wasn't practicing during the spring but was still there learning and listening. And this is a quote from Steve Marrick's story on alevarsity.com. The good thing about Casey is he's super outgoing uh, with his personality. It's easy for him to interact with guys, it's easy for him to stay engaged. The trick for him, don't get bored. You have to be there at practice, and it's not going to be as fun. Uh, we've been there. You're not coaching or playing. Those practices tend to seem like they take a lot longer. Compared to when you're playing and and or, or coaching, uh, they go by too fast. But the big part for him is to stay focused, gain some metal reps, watch somebody else make mistakes, and then make sure he doesn't repeat them when it comes when he comes back in. So, uh, what this means for Nebraska, an expected starter on the D line next to Robinson, gone. Now, we we don't have a destination. Is there some way to, if you're Nebraska, to get in contact with Rodgers and make sure he doesn't stay in the portal? Just because you enter the portal, the player has the option to return to the program. He had had Payne last year in December enter the portal, put his name in, came back, and then ended up at Virginia Tech. So... Uh, there are options. You just don't have proven options. Colton Feast can't leave him out. He's been mentioned as a guy that's had a pretty good spring. Mm-hmm. So you have a body, but you don't have. I mean, it's not experience not You don't have waves of guys you can just throw in. Mm-hmm. You don't. So it's pretty tough for the big red at the moment. We'll uh, dive into some baseball thoughts with Mike Babcock. We'll get his reaction to Casey Rogers in the portal. And uh, we'll spend some time talking golf with uh, Shuey. Mike Shuhart on deck. And, uh, yes, Austin Allen with us. Uh, NFL draft is one week from tomorrow. And uh, who's the first Husker to hear their name? There's a lot of candidates, day two or day three, guys. What's the feedback been like for Austin Allen with different interviews? And he's been busy with a number of NFL teams. He's working out. And uh, he is all excited about his uh, his next chapter uh, trying to be a Sunday guy. Good to be with you on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. You can email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. Mike Babcock on the way. of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com, backslash subscribe, promo code GBR.
0: And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: Yes! That's
0: awesome!
1: Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As uh, we welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer with Hale Varsity, Mike Babcock with us at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, some crazy news with Casey Rogers in the portal and uh, your reaction to what came down here about an hour and a half ago.
3: Geez, I, I, was, uh, I was shocked. Um, he was one of those guys that I thought, uh, when he got healthy, you know, he was going to be a key factor in the in the defensive line, and uh, no way would I would I have imagined that uh, he would put his name in the transfer portal. I mean, I there's no great insight there, but I think that that's pretty much what everybody would say. Um, I just uh, I don't understand it, but that's the nature of the game that we you know that's the way things are now. Um, you have to deal with those kinds of things but i'm sure that it's not the only school that's had a player go into the Mm -hmm. transfer portal and it's been a shock but uh certainly is a shock uh, to me
1: babbers you're right on it and i go back to something kaz told us yesterday and i don't know this to be true i just know that it's a new issue or potential issue and, and the the amount of nil zeros floating around out there right and you you have nil and what are new guys potentially getting versus current guys and i'm not saying that's an issue or or reason but it may be a reason at other schools it could be a reason period and uh that's something that uh, you know as i Think back to our, our chat with him yesterday. Kind of, you know, struck with me. We we both think that Nebraska, you know, wants to go to the portal to add some experience depth. And yeah, Oshon Mathis, the name off the edge, but it sounded like two babbers that Nebraska was looking at maybe trying to add somebody also on the interior with more experience than the current guys they have.
3: Yeah, well, and it, you know, the it's kind of a two part thing here, but. I felt from the beginning that the NIL potential for the NIL to disrupt team unity would be a significant factor at some point, you know, because guys are looking at it and saying, you know, the guy I'm playing next to, he's making all this money on NIL and I'm not making anything or, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making very little compared to what he's making. Um, how do you resolve that issue? And have the kind of team unity that's necessary to be successful. And uh, you know, I know that in the professional sports, it's it's that way. But um, it's a little bit different situation. And you know, uh, professional sports have salary caps. Yeah. Uh, right now, we don't have that. we don't have that in the NIL and collegiate athletics. There's no cap on it. Um, and so I think that that can be disruptive. Now, whether that has anything to do with Casey Rogers, I don't know. Right. But, but it's part of the change, part of the, you know, now you hear the coaches talking about free agency. You know, college coaches are talking about free agency, you know, guys that are free agents. And Nebraska's looking at some of those, as you pointed out. And, and how does that reflect on, or how, does that, how do those who are already on the team, how do they respond? Um, you know, it's, it's got to be a factor in recruiting. We've talked about that, but, you know, how do you convince a guy like, okay, Richard Torres is coming here as a quarterback recruit, and he looks at it and sees that they uh, get a couple of quarterbacks out of the transfer portal, Casey Thompson and Chuba Purdy, and uh, it looks like Thompson's going to be the guy and looks like Purdy's going to be in the competition to be the back, number one backup with uh, Logan Smothers, about whom we heard big things, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, when he was, was backing up uh, Martinez. So, uh, you know, maybe it's the I just don't think that these things apply to Casey Rogers, but I think that it's, some, it's what you have to consider in this day and age now um, with NIL and transfer portal. Um, and, it, it, and I think you made a good point, though, with, with Casey. I mean, maybe the injury thing has gotten to the point where it's enough of consideration for him that he wants to look at maybe getting closer to home, or maybe there's a the relationship between player and coach, like you said, um, Tuioti. Um, maybe that is a factor there. Um, there are just so many things that so many questions that it, that it poses, uh, and again, your mouth is wide open because you're shocked, and you're trying to process. You know why would he? Why why did he decide to do that? And then you add to it what you also pointed out is he could withdraw his name if things don't go um, the way he wants to wants them to go. So um, it's a very complicated thing, and I think we're going to see more of this kind of thing. Until somebody figures out a way to get some kind of check on it, I'm, I mean, there got to be some parameters that, that got to be set in there. I think, um, otherwise, it's just uh, it's going to be head knockers all the time.
2: Mike Babcock's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Mike, just taking this news at face value. Casey Rogers into the transfer portal. Let's let's discount any potential reason for or any potential incoming transfers this takes your concern level from for nebraska's front seven from where to where you can use whatever scale you like whether it be scale one to ten from slight to to severe whatever you want to do where does this take your concern level
4: well
3: i was a little bit uncertain before i found this out because you know the guys that nebraska lost were were significant contributors good players and You know, we're looking at potential to some degree uh, of guys that are moving in there, and that's, you know, that's a key thing on defense. You know, how you play up front is going to affect, you know, the linebacking play, the secondary play, the whole thing. It's just like offense, the offensive line. That's where it starts, and that's where it starts on defense. So, um, it adds to the uncertainty in my mind because I had uncertainty anyway because of the guys that are that are gone.
1: Mike, uh, let's shift gears and let's talk about O'Shawn Mathis for a moment. Uh, The portal get out there for Nebraska and many other schools because of what he's proven at TCU in the Big 12 and uh, when it comes to, to his leverage of where he ends up I mean he has options anyway. Ole Miss, Penn State, USC, Texas that's you know in his hometown and then of course the red carpet rolled out for him by nebraska fair to say that that his leverage on nebraska's jumped tenfold here with the rogers news
3: well yeah he's one of those guys i think that had that leverage going into going into things and and certainly um you know there're probably in his mind there're probably more factors than just you know can i step in i mean he he may have felt like um he might have looked at it as you know I can step in anyway you know I've got the ability to do that or you know they wouldn't be interested in me if they didn't think that I could step mm-hmm. in right away so I don't know how that changes things maybe it just kind of underscores the attitude but I think that the players in the transfer portal by and large are looking at you know situations where and the coaches even say this you know we're not we're not bringing them in from the transfer portal to have him sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so maybe this just underlines it for him. But I, I think that he, his talent is such that that he probably isn't a, of a mindset. Any of these places that he's looking at are opportunities to step in and, and be a factor right away.
1: Mike, who are some guys that you think can try and fill the void? We, we know Nash is a guy and Colton Feast are two guys that, that – got plenty of time this spring but how how tough of an ask I mean in your time covering Nebraska who are some young defensive linemen that were able to come in and, and thrive pretty well it's not very common in college football let alone in Nebraska you need time to get watered and,
5: and grow
3: well yeah it, it, it's always good to have that experience regardless of where you're playing um, regardless of position so you know from that standpoint it's no different you know you got you've got some young guys you got some red shirt freshmen that that'll have an opportunity to be in there and i think that uh, nash is probably a guy that's going to have to step up i mean you expect him to and and you mentioned uh, feist and, and uh,
1: um you've got uh, uh, you got black and buckley and then you weaver got
3: Tate, you know a veteran who's had injury problems um, if he could stay healthy, I think he, he's probably a guy that could fit in there, yeah. Buckley, I think. Weaver, I think. It, it just... Uh, you're going to have to see how... Weaver's a huge guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's like 6'8 and 320 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are going to have an opportunity, but again, oh. you said, without without experience, you know, it's going to be you're going to make mistakes, you're going to do things, and that's the thing that you, you don't want from your guys up front because they're so important to what you want to accomplish. And you, you've got, you know, you've got experienced linebackers. Um, you've got, uh, you got uh, Garrett Nelson. He's uh, a proven guy that can pressure the quarterback. Um, but you got to have those guys up front to get it done, and, and it's going to be some young guys that are going to fill in I mean you got you got robinson um and you got Nash and uh let's see where the young guys can mm-hmm. and, and you're right i think Feist probably uh, be a factor in there too
1: Babber's about a minute. what are you expecting from Nebraska baseball tonight
3: well uh I hope a good effort you know I mm-hmm. thought it was you know the i u thing started off really. Well, from a pitching standpoint, with a great effort by Cody Frank, you know, he's the Big Ten Pitcher of the Week. Uh, six and two-thirds innings, seven strikeouts, no walks, one hit. That was great. And then the series just, you know, you, you lose a one-run games. Uh, you can't quite get it done. So I hope they get things back on track before they they uh, play Indiana this weekend in the, in the Big Ten and get You know, get some Big Ten wins. Still got an opportunity, but it's starting to fade now um, because your non-conference, there's no success there. So, um, you know, I hope that Nebraska can, uh, and I was a little bit surprised, I think, as McCarville is is, uh, scheduled to start, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Which surprised me. Midweek we'll
2: see, game.
1: We'll see how it goes for the big red yeah, tonight.
2: Let's uh, let's hope those Husker batters are smoking the baseball in honor of 420 tonight. Yeah, thank yeah. you, yeah. Elijah, yeah. For, for that. Yeah, I think for putting that in
1: there. We're going to end it on a positive note. Uh, <laughs> Babbers, enjoy your Wednesday. Thanks for, for kicking this around with us, bud.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. Be safe.
5: You too. Mike Babcock with us. Ah! Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity radio show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you for less than $20 can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at halevarsity.com. Just go to slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
0: And now, and now, back
1: to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Mike Babcock, Austin Allen. In 20 minutes, we're going to head out to Wilderness Ridge. Say hi to Mike Shoehart, shoey. Man, we're going to get some warm weather. I can't do anything about the wind, but uh, some golf possibility here around the corner. How you doing?
4: I'm doing good. and the sun just popped out. The flags aren't blowing sideways, so it's actually not bad out right now.
1: So are you putting for dough, brother?
4: No, not yet. I'm sitting in my office looking out my window, though, and I'm watching guys get ready to tee it off the first tee, so that's kind of nice.
1: Do you have uh, a recording from, from Happy Gilmore, you know, with the the guy who drives the Volkswagen when <laughs> when, when, when guys are teeing off just to see how their concentration is?
4: Exactly.
1: So every now and then we poke our head out there and see how good they're doing. <laughs> Mike Sheward's with us. Shelly, let's spend a second here on the match. That news came out. Do you like the format where we've just got, you know, some of the old guard of the NFL, Rogers and Brady against some of the young pups, Mahomes and Josh Allen? Are you going to miss the PGA element uh, out in Vegas here in June?
4: Yeah, of course. I mean, the match was all started with golfers. Where'd the match begin? Tiger Woods and, and Phil Mickelson. Now all of a sudden it's gone to professional, other professional athletes playing the game of golf. So I, I don't know if I'm not much of a fan of it, but most of the time it's the commentary that goes along with it is what makes the, Mm -hmm. the, the event, the event. So that's what makes it fun to watch and, entertaining
1: Ernie Johnson's solid if not spectacular he's incredible so I'm glad TNT is going to have Ernie on it but how about Barkley and how about Peyton Manning I mean do we need a three-person booth for this thing
4: uh, I don't know they make it entertaining I mean they always got something to say and jabs to throw out there so that'll, that'll make it very entertaining they always do so it's fun it's fun entertainment
1: what did you think of Spieth uh, on Easter Sunday?
4: Uh, amazing. I mean, I just I – I didn't get to watch it much, but then I, I looked after the round was over and saw he was in a playoff, and I saw he won, and it's like, you know, super happy because Jordan, in my opinion, is kind of like Tiger. He's, when he's playing well, it uh, makes the tour that much stronger. So it's good to see him, you know, and it's, it's fun to watch because it just shows you how talented the guy is. You know, obviously he's going through a massive swing change. If you kind of watch his action, which looks a little funky right now, you know, and uh, for him to be able to still compete at that level going through a swing change for golfers, golfers out there that have taken lessons and try to make swing changes and, and uh, they know how difficult it is and, and be able to then play at that level. So it, it's fun watching him have success with it. Shows that, you know, you make some changes and you keep doing the things you're doing and, and uh, it can pay off and it's fun to see it pay off.
1: Mike Shuarts with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, you, you teach uh, and, and the, your rep as a teacher is above reproach. I mean, folks want to go learn from you and that's been the case for a number of years. How do you go about your business working on someone's swing who's pretty good, someone's swing who's real good, and someone who, if, if you had the heart, you'd tell them to stop playing golf? <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, you, you, kinda, you have to interview with them, and you have to talk to them, and you have to find out what their goals are. And what they're looking to achieve, and then you have to be very—at least with me, anyway. I try to be very realistic. In that, I mean,
1: <laughs> I love that, I, and you're—you're blunt honest too. <laughs> I love it.
4: <laughs> so, you know, it's like, can you even achieve what your goals are? You know, but, uh, maybe we need to reevaluate those goals and make some new ones. But you know, it's like, and timing—timing timing has a lot to do with it. You know, because. I work with like high school players, mm-hmm. you know, this time of the year they're they're the boys are playing high school golf, so it's like, you know, they want to make some changes or they feel like they need some t- to make some changes. It's like probably not the best time mm-hmm. to try to make changes right in the middle of your season. You know, it's like there there are tweaks that you can do or things you can add that will allow you to perform better and mm-hmm. still be able to function at that level. You know, trying to make a whole sell change in their golf swing during the time that they're trying to compete, that is not good. And I'll tell them that. I said, this is not the right time to do it. I mean, there's a better time for us to delve into this, you know, along this journey that you want to do, but now is not the right time. We can do this, and it will help you. We can do this, it will help you. But, you know, long-term, if we do this, it will really help you. It will make you a lot better, but it's not the right time to do it. You know, timing has a lot to do with it. When's the right time to do it? That gives them time to work on it, um, gives them enough reps doing it, gets them comfortable. The physical part is probably the easiest part. Getting comfortable with it and confident with it is, is the more difficult, you know, and it's, there's a time that they are able to practice it, get out and kind of see how it works on the golf course, not under the most extreme, you know, pressure because it's always more difficult the more pressure you're under.
1: Mike Schuarts with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf, Hale Varsity Radio. Shuey, that's that's outstanding, and it, it is about timing. It's important uh, for the player. Uh, timing, man, It's it seems like just yesterday construction was going. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. I know memberships, folks want to be a member out at Wilderness. They're looking into that. But uh, how are things shaping up, not only with the golf season, but also the Aquatic Center?
4: Uh, it's going fantastic. I just talked to Tammy, our membership director, uh, just a few minutes ago. And she is going to sell our 150th, which is our capacity on our Challenge Course membership. So oh, it will be yeah. sold up uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, she has an appointment to sell the last membership for that. Then they will go on to a waiting list. And uh, and then our championship, which we call our Ridge Membership, that's been going fantastic too. So, um, And they're going to start putting water into the pool, doing um, uh, leak testing, they call it. So that's going to start next week. And then once that passes, which hopefully will all be done next week, then they'll start plastering the sides. And once the plaster is done, which doesn't take very long, then they're going to put water in it, and it'll be – ready to go so everything is very much on schedule and excited
1: man that swim up bar the lazy river dodging golf balls from the divot dogs i mean i can't wait for my summer between baseball games and radio shows
4: and wait till you get to go down on the, the triple-loop slide, man. I can't wait to see you come shooting out of the end of that. Wait, wait,
2: you
1: think you're going to be dodging balls from the divot dogs? It's going to be dodging balls from you. Are you kidding me? Well, <laughs> right, but, right. Well, Shuey's has got to cut the water, man. It's going to be like Caddyshack too, And uh, I'm just going to be screaming in pain. Oh, sorry. <laughs> A dry slide. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, Shoei, uh excited to see you, bud. We'll get out uh, your neck of the woods soon and – We'll uh, get caught up next uh, Wednesday, as always. But thanks for giving us a few minutes and jumping on. And so happy how progress is going. And, man, I love that talent course. I'm so excited for you guys to, to be hitting capacity.
4: I know. It's pretty fun, pretty exciting. So, thanks for having me. Everybody stay safe.
1: Will do, bud. Take care. Mike Schuhart with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. And uh, we'll wind down this first hour, 15 minutes away, Husker tight end, off to the NFL, Austin Allen with us to kick off our two hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery
0: he's in his 30s but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other now say my name it's schmitty on hail varsity radio i got the body of a taught
1: preteen swedish boy Back with you, final segment here this first hour, Hale Varsity Radio. Reminder for you to subscribe to the podcast, Hale Varsity Radio, and you get six of them a week, and maybe you catch us live in Lincoln or Cardi Hastings, Grand Island, or even Columbus, or just stream us wherever you are. But uh, sometimes you need to get caught up, and easy to do so, with the podcast, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a rating, subscribe, good, bad, or ugly. We'll take the uh, the feedback, and thank you for listening, your chance to uh, to subscribe to it, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, get uh, locked in with Hale Varsity Radio. So, a reminder about buckling up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink, don't drive? A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office, the news of the day, Casey Rogers is in the portal. Does he stay in the portal? And the, uh, the question, why? Why head off to the portal? And some of you may be at home going, well, why the hell not? <laughs> right? You're, you're coming off a three and nine season. Why stick around if there's minimal help behind you or you're Play and hurt, and they want to bring in somebody at my position. They do that anyway in recruiting, but the portal allows it. A here allows it to be here and now, where there's a potential for similar level of experience to go get somebody. And this is how things have gone to end the year for Nebraska on the defensive line. Ben Stilley's graduated. DeAndre Thomas uh, said, "I'm good after graduation." Uh, D-Boogie off to the NFL draft, or at least put his name there. Jordan Riley is in the portal. Now you have Casey Rogers, and Ty Robinson's the last man standing right now. And then you got a slew of young guys who could be really good, may be really good. The question is, how soon can they be good? And uh, that's the issue, and you don't want to live that life, man, in the Big Ten on the lines of scrimmage we went through the schedule yesterday talking a little bit per the 24-7 sports story on trap game and uh ding 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 if you had illinois take a shot but that's what's been deemed the trap game
2: well and it makes i mean even more sense now with nebraska losing even more help uh along that that defensive line and you, you're already in the the side of the <laughs> excuse me the side of the big 10 that is more run dominant than, than the East. I mean, both sides. The Big Ten is known as a running conference, but if either side of the Big Ten is more run dominant, it's the Big Ten West. You look at Illinois, Wisconsin, and Iowa all in the division.
1: And Minnesota. And Minnesota, too, yeah. I mean, they, they seem to, to lose a running back every year and find two or three guys behind a. Now, they got to recount of two of their offensive line, but they're downhill. I mean,
2: I mean they got that one dude who's, what, six foot? Ten playing offense like six and something crazy. He's, he's done. Oh, is he done? Thank. I thought he had one year left. Oh, thank God! I think
1: he's off the NFL. You, you may be right. We'll we'll research that accuracy uh, between now and our chat with Austin Allen, who had a monster game against Minnesota, monster game against Wisconsin, and uh, is has put up big time tight end numbers in Lincoln. He is off to chase his dreams in the NFL we'll sit down with Austin Allen next the pride of Aurora as our twos on the way it's Hale Varsity were presented by the Nebraska Lottery pardon the interruption but I'd like to save you some money Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of hail Varsity. That's Hale Varsity Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery a week from tomorrow. The NFL Draft begins. You'll hear it on many of the Hale Varsity Network stations. We welcome in all Big Ten performer, the tight end, Austin Allen out of Aurora. Austin, what's going on, man? How are you?
6: It's going good. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's a crazy time. It's a it's it's cool to be a part of it all. Um, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's, it's cool to be a, a part of this. This process and Nebraska's putting me in a good position to to be a part of it, so I'm grateful for it. And um, it's it's a unique time.
1: So take me back uh, to when you started playing ball and uh, your basketball skills, and of course that translating to the football field. Making that decision to 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 stick with football and go the football route versus basketball. I want to go. Back in time a little bit, and a lot of kids have to or decide to specialize. You were a multi-sport guy. Was that uh, an easy call for you when it came to athletics?
6: Yeah, it was actually a um, a weird time. My beginning of my junior year, I always thought I was going to play football or basketball in college because I was really tall. And I uh, I was actually about to walk off the field, and one of my teammates at the time said, "Hey, like I'll, I'll play basketball if you play football." And I was like, "Okay." Um, little did I realize at the time that a lot of schools look for multi-sport athletes. And the little did I realize, or the more I realize now, the more stuff that translates because I, I did two sports, like on the football field. Like I use, always use the analogy that in basketball, you always got to make a big body play on the post and and uh, and box a guy out, and make a play on the ball. Whereas similar in the football where you if you run a little hitch route, sometimes you got you to make a big body play on the middle linebacker, just box them out and go up and go get the ball. Um, so I'm glad I did both. I'm glad uh, how my teammate talked me into to staying out there. And I'm kind of regretting that I even had that thought in my mind of almost walking off the field.
2: Now, a, a few years ago when the Husker basketball team needed guys in the Big Ten tournament, did, did they come talk to you or was that just Brant Banks and, and Noah Vedral? I mean, you, you being a, a basketball guy to start out with, did you at least throw your name in the hat?
6: Yeah, they actually reached out to me both years. Um, they needed guys, and they had the the six guys going um, to the NIT. They they called me and reached out, and they actually had a play and ticket ready for me and everything. And then um, they kept winning games, and so they just said they got a good vibe going on with their six right now, and they don't want to throw it off by bringing in a football guy, which I get. Um, and then the, the year that Branton No went, they they reached out to me again and asked me if I could um, come join them. And then I they didn't realize I had just had shoulder surgery, so I, I was kind of out of the mix on that one. So. Um, It would have been cool, Noah and I going to Indianapolis, but I mean, Bryant had a good experience too.
1: They could have had a great, great vibe going, I guess. Is is (laughs) you could leave it, but uh, no. Well, who was the teammate? Who was the teammate that changed your mind?
6: Uh, His his name was Todd Honus. Okay. Yep he he actually came to Nebraska for a little bit as a as a walk on and. was a part of the team for a couple of years down here before moving on. And, Mm -hmm. um, he was, uh, he was a pretty good basketball player for us, but, um, it was, uh, it was one of those things It's not that I didn't love football. It's just, I was already hearing from a lot of schools in basketball and I always thought that that should be the route I should take. And then it just worked out that I had a pretty good junior year in football. And then the offer started rolling in for football.
1: Well, recruiting wise, I think you were a top 40 tight end in the country, uh, when, when it came to the the ratings and, you came to Nebraska Austin Allen with us so what what does your your day-to day look like as you as you prep for for next weekend?
7: yeah it's
6: right now it's uh, in the morning I do my workouts um, the university's still pretty good about letting me come in use the facilities use the weight room um, so I, I get my workouts in and get home and make myself a meal and throw something in the crock pot for the dinner because talking about meals are the easiest um, and I, uh, in the afternoon is usually when I got blocked off for interviews and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and meetings with agents and scouts and teams and, and, and whatnot. What and then that night is kind of the time I got to myself. And sometimes we'll have more interview or more meetings with, with agents and whatnot, going over some special team stuff or stuff that I expect to see and, um, at the next level and then repeat the process every day.
1: So what is the go-to in the crock pot?
6: <laughs> I like, uh, I'm a big roast potatoes and carrots guy. I'll, okay, throwing a roast. Uh, a couple hours later, throwing the potatoes and carrots, and then uh, four hours, five hours later, going out to eat.
1: So, what's the feedback been like? Uh, what was what were what were some things you were you were proud and pleased with uh, when it comes to, to Indy, and and how did that open more doors for you with with these different requests and interviews you're getting from from different teams?
6: Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the numbers that I put up in Indianapolis. I wish the 40 would have been a little bit faster, but it is what it is. Um, the other numbers were great. Uh, I interviewed with pretty much all the teams at Indy, um, informally, um, is what they call it. There's formal and informal, but all the, all the teams pretty much for informal interviews and coach Beck has created, or he, he's, he's taught me so much in my f- four years with him here that, uh, has allowed me to become a smart football player. Um, and whether that be on the whiteboard or on the on the field, and that's what teams have noticed when they've been interviewing with me is how how smart and how quick I can pick up schemes and and stuff on the field. Um, I think that's something that kind of makes guys' eyes pop a little bit when they when they start interviewing with me, which is a good thing and it's um, good for these guys, these tight end coaches that you're meeting with to go back to their superiors, so to say, and say this guy's a smart football player, he's got the size, blah blah, blah so forth, so on and so forth. So um, it's all out of my hands now and. Up to whoever's going to give me a call.
2: Now, with the, the different styles of, of tight ends that there are currently in, in the NFL, are there any teams that you think you'd fit their scheme well? Any places where you like what their offense looks like, and you'd like to see yourself in that system?
6: Uh, there's not necessarily a favorite. I mean i I feel like I I feel like I'm a tight end that can get it done in the block game and in the pass game. So um, whether that be a, t- a team like Tennessee that's predominantly mid zone outside zone run game, or a team like Kansas City, you know, I can throw it a lot. I, I feel like I can do both, and um, I, I i don't have a preference where I go. I, whoever's going to sign me and sign the check, I, I don't care. <laughs> um, football's football at the end of the day, and I love playing football, so whoever wants to take a chance on me, um, I'm looking to, to prove them right.
1: Austin Allen, few minutes with us, Hale City Radio NFL Draft around the corner. As you look at some of the things that you do well, you, you get separation, you have a, a wonderful catch radius, you go up in traffic, you also, you're outrunning, and that's what has always kind of wowed me at uh, when just covering you at Nebraska was how you would get open in some big-time moments and, and make a lot of catches. Sneaky agile. Well, just, <laughs> I mean, you, you'd shake the defender, and, get, and some of the catches you, you made along the sideline, man, I mean, the film isn't going to lie on top of the motion and then the kickouts you're blocking. So it's, it's a good combination. Uh, You have, what, what did you love most about coach coach Becton and take me through your, your, your growth kind of under him with, with how he taught and and helped develop you.
6: Yeah. Coach Becton, he's a a great coach just because his ability to connect with players um, doesn't matter the background, doesn't matter where you're from or, who you played for in the past, or if you're transfer, if you're walk on, you're a scholarship. He's the same coach to you no matter what. Um, that's our, what I respect about him, and I respect that he's had so many years of experience as a coach on all sorts of all different angles of football: defense, offense, special teams, uh, line, tight end, receivers. Like it, it doesn't matter. He's coached it, um, and that's what gives him another advantage in the coaching game is being able to to, to coach us, coach us with his viewpoints from all the other positions he's coached. Um, which allow, allows him to be an even better coach. And, and uh, my growth under him is, I, I, is the coaching style that I like and I would hope to see at the next level. It's, just, it's somebody who's going to be hard on me, that's going to chew me out, that's going to give it to me straight right away. And then as you start to build trust with each other, and as you start to figure things out, it becomes more of a conversation like professionals. And that's what I respected most about Coach Beckton is—he handled it. he handled everything like a professional, uh, like a professional. Mm-hmm. And it's—I can only say good things about him. I don't have anything bad to say about Coach Beck. He's just—he's just a great coach, great guy, and um, heck of a, a football guru.
1: Is there a moment, or was it just a build with that trust? Because you know, the last few years at Nebraska, there's been a lot of transition. Kids have had to, you know to get used to it, and there's been new faces in a lot of different meeting rooms. Uh, so when it, when it comes to, to to buy-in, Austin, is it, oh, what he showed me works or was it kind of that blind faith, okay, this is my new position group uh, coach and whatever he says goes? How, how did you approach that?
6: For him, it's just you don't get the harsh coaching the more you don't break his trust. Gotcha. The more you do – more stuff you do things in the football field the right way, the more stuff you do to not break his trust, the more it becomes a conversation, the more it becomes um, – professional coaching not to say that harsh criticism isn't professional coaching which it is i'm Mm -hmm. just saying that was my style of how i like to learn Mm -hmm. right away um him being hard on me and um and then then it becoming more of a conversation than um then more of a yelling because i feel like at some point all young guys all new guys need that type of style of coaching is yelling and um getting your your butt ripped so to say
1: Mm -hmm. austin uh, a thought with with last season and one thing that I look at the different draft write ups on you and, and to a write up your your leadership is 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 commended but yet you had a, a year that was tough on the field uh from a team standpoint and yet you and your teammates kept giving it hell every every Saturday. How did last year's experience help you as a leader?
6: We we obviously had a fair share of frustrating times at the University of Nebraska and my kind of strong pushing point last year was when we kept losing by the same thing is, is uh, what are you going to do differently to change that? What's if you come out and, and play this week with no effort, with no, with no juice or no nothing. Like what does that say about you as a football player, as a man? And what does that say about your character? I think that was what motivated a lot of guys is they don't want anybody to knock their character and knock who they are as a football player. So, why not go out and give it your all and and why not compete at your best? Because God's given us a great gift and great ability to to play the game of football. Why not and go out and, and glorify Him with everything, you know? And what does that say about your character if you don't do that? So um, that was kind of my my uh, talking points to the to the guys.
1: Austin, a thought with uh, some of your other teammates' uh, plans to uh to just be with family or or some of you getting together for kind of a, a watch party or, or how how are you going to treat next weekend
6: my uncle already offered up to for us to get together at his house and I like, kind of prefaced it i was like guys like there's a possibility i'm a i'm a day three not even maybe not even a drafted guy and, and they said we don't care where you go just, it's just an excuse for our family to get together and spend some time together and i said that at the end of the day that's what, what's most important to me so i'm down to do that so i'll probably go to my uncle's and uh, get the get the fam together and just hang out and play some yard games and until I got that call.
2: What, what, what's your yard game of choice? Are we talking lawn darts here? Are we talking uh, we talking bags, cornhole? What, what's the one you're going to?
6: You ever heard of uh, Polish horseshoes?
1: Yes, I have.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's my uh, my game of choice.
1: So you have uh, exquisite touch when it comes to that top bar.
6: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: right. So are you bringing the crock pot with you?
6: Wherever I go, I'm sure they'll give me all the type of food I want, all the different styles. I'm saying, so, I'm saying to know. your
1: uncle. So, are you, are you? I mean, are you bringing something, or since it's your draft party, do you just show up and eat?
6: I assume I'll just show up and eat. My uh, my mom's a pretty good cook, and all my aunts and my grandma they're, they're great cooks. So, I'm I'm going to leave it all to them.
1: Some guys go get a watch. Some dudes buy a pickup. Some throw it in the bank uh, when that professional contract is is signed uh mm-hmm. what, is there a is there a big purchase or uh how are you going to go that route are you going to you going to buy some hunting gear i mean have you thought about spent spending what you're uh, you're going to get for a signing bonus
6: yeah I, i'm i plan on spending a lot and i'm going to plan on spending it on some growth stocks and some some index funds mm,
1: look so at it's, you it's, investments man <laughs> Yeah,
6: and my uh, i had a roommate lane McCallum, that is now a financial advisor He's, he uh I was a pretty bad spender my first couple years in college just buying Xboxes and TVs and speakers that I don't need. And he's like, dude, why don't you just invest it? And uh, he talked me into it and showed me all the different charts of you can be a millionaire in 25 years if you do this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I finally started. And uh, I'm glad I did because, man, I don't make those stupid impulse purchases anymore. And I just start investing stuff. And uh, I'm building good habits for... When I do, hopefully, make a contract someday.
1: Did you sign up for the free T-shirt on campus, Austin, for the credit card?
6: <laughs> no, I did not. I did not.
1: <laughs> Good, because some of us did a uh, hundred years ago. Austin Allen, Austin, uh, best of luck to you, man. And uh, just last thought on on Jeremiah Searles and in some of his guidance um, uh, with you, and, and how that how that has gone for you.
6: Yeah, that, I, I think I picked a great agency. Um, Jeremiah Searles, being one of my agents, he he uh, when I was when it came down to picking an agent or an agency, I, I wanted somebody who's going to fight for me and, and know me as a football player. And I thought there's nobody better than Jeremiah Searles, who's on the sideline every every game. He's there watching me, in my every single play. So if I want somebody that's going to vouch for me for these teams, for in front of these GMs, I'm a, I want somebody who knows me as a football player. Nobody better than than Jeremiah Searles, who's played the game, who's um, Who's, who's been in my shoes who's gonna be in my shoes a year from now you know like it's 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 it was a good easy choice for me i mean they got a great group of guys and um zach center that might ring a bell um with oh, yeah. yeah. south dakota state and went to the lions and uh he's, he's he's got a great nutrition and supplemental background and so he takes care of that side sort of things I and mean, then chris giddings is kind of the main guy He's had 23 years of experience He was danny woodhead's um agent he's 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 been around the block. A lot of guys know him and respect him, so he's kind of the brains of the guru. So I, I think i got a good trio of guys that are going to fight for me and, and do good things for me.
1: Best of luck, and that's a good team. And uh, we'll be uh, rooting for you here uh, next uh, next week, Austin. And thanks for the time, as always.
6: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
5: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than twenty dollars, can get everything we produce: ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com/slash-subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of HailVarsity. That's HailVarsity.com/slash-subscribe promo code GBR.
3: Yeah.
0: Chime in, 402 espn or email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. Just
1: try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, update from freshman baseball. As uh, Southwest and Elijah Herbel's Lincoln Southeast Knights are tangling at Silverhawk Field. Depending on where you went, one nothing good guys. Southwest leading. I know that was a bubble thought to many of you. Numbers to get in 466 Casey Rogers, the top story today and reaction. Open phones for about 15 minutes or can email Chris at uh, You say what to this news? He's in the portal. And we've kind of gone multiple choice: A, does he stay in the portal? B, why did he go to the portal? And C, can Nebraska, if he is gone, for good, can Nebraska fill that gap, fill that void with what's on the roster, or uh, go portal shopping? And you look at it: Garrett Nelson and Oshan Mathis. One is here. One is really upped his game off the edge. And there's been more of a intent by Nebraska to, to have Garrett be that guy with his hand in the dirt off the edge. I know we were talking on the interior about Casey Rogers. That's where we've seen him line up. But he is a, a defensive end. And, and Nebraska, from a front, is is looking to do more even stuff. Or they've been a team that's done more even stuff. And, and, and limited snaps. And in 21, make it 19 career. Games He started one. Casey Rogers has been an impact guy. He's been a really solid role guy when healthy to come in, give you a few tackles, make a TFL or two. And I'm not making him out to be Neil Smith or Jason Peter, not, or, or Sue. I'm, I'm not saying that, but what we've seen of Casey Rogers has been good. It's been pleasant. It's been impactful for the Nebraska Defensive front in a rugged and ruthless league on the line of scrimmage. You have Ty Robinson and 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 who else? Uh, and and not only is this a big blow because there has been experience, there has been proof in his performance when he's been healthy to do so. But he's also a guy that uh, is is not afraid to talk, and and he's not talking out of turn. He's not a uh, a loud, boisterous defensive lineman that's not backed up performance. He's played well enough on the football field to to have earned plenty of respect in that defensive line room.
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone thinks he was going to be a, a first-team all-Big Ten guy this season. That, that, that would have been high expectations for him. Um, but he was going to be a crucial piece of this defense. And as we talked about a little bit back in Hour 1, the Big Ten – is the run dominant league of college football in the Big Ten West, especially? And I, I know Nebraska is returning two great linebackers in Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer, but those guys, I mean, last year they, they really had their work cut out for them based on what the defensive line was doing for them, eating up blocks. Uh, keeping the line of scrimmage at the line of scrimmage, not letting the offense line push him back. It gave those linebackers room to operate. And while I still feel good about those guys, they're not going to have the, the same type of, of dudes in front of them. Really, it's just Ty Robinson and then a lot of inexperienced guys. Now with the news that Casey Rogers has entered the transfer portal, Casey Rogers was going to be a, a, a one of those guys that you could rely on. You could count on him that next season. Yeah, he may not be outstanding. He may not make those those wild flash plays that you see some of the, the Husker greats doing. Um, but he was going to be good enough that he was going to be able to eat up blocks. He was going to make some tackles. And, and th- the biggest part of his game was he was going to free up the other guys in the defense to do what they do best. And now you sit back and you look at that defense line, and you wonder who's going to be the guy that's going to step up and, and fill the shoes of Casey Rogers. Who's going to be that guy that's going to give you solid snaps um, both in the running game and in, in the, the pass game?
1: Do you have one? You, you have bodies, but you have nine scholarship defensive linemen. And are they ready? you can't fast track readiness or experience you got you had, a, had a, a minimal in, in Nash and, and he's the guy and Babbers is right He's a guy that could and May step up but he does it, this will be if he wins the job his first season starting it's that's a lot of a lot of baptism by fire the guy that I think you can emerge that, that could take that step into like dude, He's good now, but dude and difference maker that when you see the uh, the opening graphics of your starting defensive line, and you think through the years of Husker football, what'd they do, man? They'd always highlight Peter and Wistrom, or they'd highlight Steve Warren, or they'd highlight Kyle Vandenbosch, or they'd highlight uh, Jared Tomich. I mean, well, watch out for these two, you know. <laughs> Keys to victory. Well, big game from the Nebraska defensive line, and Nebraska, when they're good, they've always got a a guy or two uh, on that defensive line that is highlighted that the the the, the color analyst spends about thirty five seconds in on before kickoff. Uh, Robinson uh, has gotten a lot of development uh, this off season, and, and he started uh, uh, quite a number of games. But it was him and Rogers that were your returning starts, so. This is, is brutal. And let's, let's go to a third issue with losing him. Optics. Mm. Looks really bad. Looks bad that you, a guy that your, your new position coach recruited, and this isn't anything on Dawson. I'm just saying he's the guy who recruited him. The guy that developed him is now at Oregon in Tuioti. You have injury history on top of that. And the perception is this, is Casey Rogers is a good football player in a position of need that's already thin, and now you're losing an experienced guy on a defense that played well, but when push comes to shove, is, is average. You look at statistically, they're average. Uh, they go from average to really good. When you flip on the Michigan State film, uh, when they're getting turnovers in that back seven, that that turns this defense from from average to good. So when they're forcing some turnovers, and it's it's clear that Rodgers is a guy too that can get after or has put some pressure when healthy on opposing quarterbacks, and and that is another element of this defense that needs to to really jump. Maybe you have an offense that is going to take care of the football, Elijah. Much better. Maybe you have an offense that can run the football much better. Not only burn clock, but, but body blow opposing defenses. Maybe you have better quarterback play uh, with uh, some of that controlled passing. Maybe you have a better running game where you can just uh, hit some home runs or turn three to four yard carries in quarter one into seven to eight to 20 yard gashes in the fourth quarter. Maybe the offense carries some water like the defense did last year. But what what you you don't know because it's it's so new with a new offensive system, with a new offensive coordinator, with a new offensive line coach and running backs coach and quarterback coach, uh, and now you lose a known quantity on that defensive line. Uh, at least the glimpses we saw, we were impressed with.
2: Yeah, and where my mind goes is that if Nebraska doesn't get a, a like for like. Type of replacement for Casey Rogers I mean, I, I think there's some writing on the wall That Nebraska's got a good shot at O'Shawn Mathis But that's not a replacement guy for Casey Rogers So I, I wonder, is Nebraska If there isn't any any replacement Are they going to have to change up some things schematically Defensively to try to hide The fact that they really don't have a, an experienced guy That can come in and replace Casey Rogers Do they go more I mean, you can't flip your whole scheme and go from a 3-4 to a 4-3. That that would work a little bit better with the personnel, you would think, with two guys uh, in Nash Hutmacher and, and Jalen Weaver uh, that are potentially able to, to step the, in and the play nose Say The body types guard.
1: say that they're, they're, they're good to plug the run.
2: Yeah, and then with, with Ty Robinson, I mean, did, do you have to change some things schematically in order to, to hide this point? I mean, there's always the chance that Nebraska can get some, some transfers in, but right now I, I don't see guys in that room – that can step up and 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 make this defense work the way it would have worked with Casey Rogers playing that defensive line. He
1: had been in the system long enough to to be a comfort. Now, did you get as many snaps from him as you wanted? No, hmm. you had to to do a contingency at least this season, and uh, he really during the COVID season. You know, all bets are off. That was that was just a year where you lost developmental time, clearly with spring going goodbye, but at least you got game time uh, for guys like Rodgers and Robinson, uh, and, and, and you didn't burn a year. So Nebraska's got their work cut out for him in the portal. Nebraska's got their work. They had it cut out for him anyway when it comes to development with age. Now, the key is to not you know who's next right may first looms because that's when you're going to have portal and it's going to be difficult because my take is you're not going to go get a, a fifth year senior or a fourth year junior or a fourth year covid guy a lot of in a, in a lot of instances to come transfer in the guys that are going to be leaving here after this spring are guys that have maybe been in a program a year or two and they have some football on them. But from an experience standpoint, you're, I'd be surprised if th- this, this loss of a projected starter is, is earth-shaking for Nebraska. And I don't know how many other programs, while they may lose significant numbers... How many projected starters are going to be walking May 1st after spring football? And listen, you had exit interviews. Maybe this is just a snap issue. Maybe the reality is Nebraska knows something we, we don't when it comes to Portal, who's coming in. Maybe that's Mathis. Maybe that's somebody else.
2: Maybe they know something we don't in terms of the guys that we we don't think are ready yet. Some of those guys that are inexperienced. Maybe they know something about those guys that we don't. They they
1: may know something we don't portal-wise on who's in. Mm. And if that's the case, okay, uh, your snaps are going to be limited. Your injury history is what it is. And you've missed a lot of time. God love you for bust. I mean, the guy missed time early came back, gave his heart and soul, and then got dinged again towards the end of the season, so much so that uh, he missed spring, but he was there trying to stay engaged. So, uh, tough day for Nebraska, but they'll uh, they'll forge forward and uh, try and be ready to go come Ireland. We'll uh, spend some time, and we'll really hammer this tomorrow, but more thoughts on, you know, what this season opener Means to uh, to the team and what it means to the fan base. And we've already been on record as saying this is your, since it is in Ireland, this is your mulligan off the tee box for last season uh, to get off on the right foot. Uh, quick timeout. Hail Varsity continues on. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. <laughs> promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR.
0: And we're back. Fellas, oh, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome!
1: Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert is with us. Dr. Brandon, you you're feeling the NBA Finals, man? You've been locked in. How you doing?
7: And they're rolling, absolutely. You know, I had to take a few days after the NCAA tournament, but you bet. get dialed in? How about yourself?
1: I'm good. Devin Booker is incredible to watch, even with the old fist bump to the little one last night. Now, they got nipped by the Pelicans, and... Momentum shifted with Devin Booker's injury. We've got a right hamstring strain—that strain, that soft tissue. Doctor Brandon, and what can be done here aside from time and rest? Let's dive into the hamstring pull.
7: Yeah, you bet. They can be pesky. Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to predict when you can kind of return to play after these things. Um, could be as soon as three to four weeks. Uh, could be more up to maybe six or eight weeks after. Um, you know, let's kind of dive in a little bit just in terms of the anatomy part. So thinking about the hamstring, obviously, on the back of the thigh, um, there's uh, several different you know, hamstring groups, if you will. And for us, the biggest thing trying to figure out is, you know, where exactly along the hamstring is the tear at. That really kind of determines kind of your prognosis and ultimately your treatment. The vast majority of these tears occur kind of right in the middle of the muscle, uh, so kind of right in the middle of the thigh and the back. It could be more kind of in the muscle belly part. And those almost always are non-operative, um, and again, where the co- most, most common, that's where they occur. Where they become more worrisome is if you travel further up to the side, and where they basically attach onto the pelvis in an area called the ischial tuberosity. It's where those uh, kind of three, four main tendons really attach. If you start to have tearing up there, one of those big tendons actually pulls off the bone, that puts you more in that surgical category and obviously a much longer, more difficult kind of recovery pathway.
1: Dr. Brandon Seifert's yeah. with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. And you, you mentioned that difference between a strain, a pull, and then a, a tear. And it, it sounds like Booker's going to be out games three and four for the Suns. Is that is that preventative? Is that pretty normal time frame? Or reading into this, do you fear it may be more towards uh, the, the worst case scenario.
7: Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question, Chris. You know, just kind of based on what they're telling us, game three, four um, sounds like it's probably more one that's more kind of in the middle, more in that muscular belly uh, tends to be a little uh, quicker recovery. Obviously, that that sprain, that tear, that partial injury to the hamstring it kind of has different grades to it. Of course, there's kind of a mild, moderate, severe brain, strain, tear, if you will. Um, and so kind of looking at his timetable, he's probably somewhere in that mild to moderate kind of grade area. Um, I think that's a reasonable time frame, probably more kind of on the average time frame of return. You know, the, the big issue with these is in terms of, you know, what's kind of that magic number when you can let these people go back and compete? Obviously, the first thing is you get, you know, you have full range of motion back with the knee and the hip. Second thing you want to have happen is that confidence piece, you know, feeling confident you can cut. And then, obviously, that kind of game-level playing where you feel like you can be effective on the floor, you know, more effective than, say, somebody coming off the bench, obviously, the decision they'll have to make. From a kind of number perspective, the number we kind of look for is we want that hamstring strength to be back to about 80 or 90% of its original strength, or at least what the hamstring is on the other side. That's kind of a good gauge of where you're at in your recovery process.
1: Dr. Brandon, it is a fickle muscle where you think you're good or you rush back, you can re-injure. And hamstring's got to be up there with probably top two or three lingering concerns because you can do everything right and it can go south on you again quick, can it?
7: Yeah, absolutely, Chris. It, you know, it's kind of the, the dreaded retweak kind of muscle, kind of like a calf strain. Uh, pretty easy to kind of retweet this in those kind of early days of recovering um, and then, obviously, that can send you back, you know, a variety of time frames. Usually it's just kind of a little short-term that you get back, but you kind of keep having these retweak events. And, unfortunately, he'll probably struggle with that a little bit during the playoffs, you know, obviously depending on how deep they go and until you kind of get that nice, long rest period for this. That retweak uh, possibility is definitely a, a big thing to worry about. You know, they actually do heal well. Uh, but you always are at a little bit of an increased risk of kind of having to re-injure this area. You know, the tissue that basically heals back in that area. The majority of it's really good tissue, but some of it's still some scar tissue. And so it just makes you more prone to kind of have a retweak in the area in the future. And again, that can be you know, a variety of different types of severity of brain.
1: Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us. Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jonk Doc Wednesday. Uh, we are talking about Devin Booker, his hamstring. What type of treatment typically does the hamstring respond best to? Is it heat? Is it ice? Is it ibuprofen? I know all are probably used, but in your um, in your experience, what 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 is the uh, the go-to? Is there a, is there a magic method, so to say?
7: Yeah, you know, when you look at these things kind of early treatment back in the day, it was all about, you know, kind of rest, get on some crutches, take it easy, let's not really do much activities on this. Obviously, things have you know, shifted significantly since that time frame. Now it's kind of aggressive therapy early on, at least from a range of motion perspective. We really want to work on hip range of motion, knee range of motion, um, getting into a rehab program, therapy program where they can put some stimulation and kind of stimulate those muscles and start firing just kind of on a light basis. To gradually work up the intensity on that. That's really important, how to retrain that muscle to get it going. Uh, and then also the flexibility piece is really huge. You want to start working on that flexibility right away. You know, from a modality perspective, you know, the ice, the heat, the massage, those kinds of things, um, you know, early on, I think it's kind of the big key want to be careful about putting a lot of heat on this early on just because that'll draw more kind of swelling, more bleeding to the area. Better to put ice on it kind of help cut down on some of the bleeding that occurs just obviously tearing that muscle. Uh, so ice kind of early on, once you kind of get the majority of that swelling, bruising out of there, then you start to shift to more of kind of a heating program where you'll put the heat on it before kind of warm it up, the area of exercise, then you get it back on uh, the ice, kind of have you work it out to cut down on that inflammation. Uh, anti-inflammatory, I like think definitely very reasonable. Um, utilizing uh, some ibuprofen, Aleve, those types are helpful. Those are also helpful in the sense of some athletes when they have these significant injuries here can develop some pretty significant scar tissue or even perhaps there's a thing called heterotopic ossification where you basically start to form bone in areas where you're not supposed to. So you start to form some bone and muscle. Um, Not super common with hamstring injuries, but can happen. And taking an anti-inflammatory can help kind of prevent some of those things, not fully, but definitely helps. That's another good reason to
1: utilize him, especially early on. Well, the Suns without Booker are eight and six. Uh, one of those losses in the second half last night, where Booker, man, in twenty-five minutes, went off thirty-one point seven threes, and uh, he has been in, incredible for Phoenix. As again, they are the one seed. They're trying to claim the title this year. He needs to be back. He needs to be healthy. And uh, we'll see if uh, that can can happen. And you know what? New Orleans, even without Zion, they are coming uh, full force at Phoenix. We'll see how the playoffs uh, shake out. Dr. Brandon Seifert with his Nebraska Orthopedic Center. A jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Brandon, we'll uh, get caught up soon. Thanks for a few minutes today.
7: Okay, thanks, buddy. You guys take
5: care. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe subscribe. And enter the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR.
0: Miss us? Come here, brother. I a hub. Bring it in for the real thing.
5: We're on call for you. Catch the
0: podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
1: Back with you at one final time this hour. Get the podcast, subscribe to us, Ale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Subscribe uh, and give us a review. Love hearing your feedback. Appreciate you doing so. Incredible sit down with Austin Allen. Cheering hard for him, man, to have uh, a really good uh, NFL draft experience and uh, pretty big time to hear from him. Casey Rogers on our mind. Tomorrow on the show, we'll spend time with Brandon Vogel. Daddy Burke will spend time with us. Uh, just got the RSVP from Coach Osborne. Oh, wow. So, uh, T.O. will uh, join us as we'll look ahead. May around the corner. We talked May for portal purposes. We're talking May for baseball. Well, May is also when you'll get a chance to watch day by day. As uh, that release happens, the... Nebraska football documentary. And uh, it is going to be an incredible honor to spend time with uh, the best coach Osborne with us tomorrow.
2: And they've spent years getting footage for that day by day documentary. I'm really excited to see what they put together. The
1: uh, promo for it that aired at the spring game was incredible. We did an event with uh, the good folks uh, putting day by day together. This was out in Boulder Mm -hmm. in, in 2019 and it's been a long process. You've had COVID flat in the middle of it. So we will talk to Coach Osborne tomorrow. Gary Barnett also going to spend some time with us. Get his reaction. Earlier in the week, you had the, uh, the athletic story about Colorado falling on hard times. We'll also uh, look at just uh, what Ireland and Northwestern means for the Big Red in 2022. Really good mailbag with HaleVarsity.com. So get the podcast and uh, check us out. Be sure to find the interviews. You want to just do that, it's all good. Mike Babcock, Mike Shuhart, and uh, Austin Allen, ESPNLincoln.com. How you feel about your Nuggets?
2: Oh, don't ask me about my
7: nuggets.
1: Are you, oh, yeah, the right the better question is, are, are you heading down to Snoop Dogg tonight? I'm not That's, that's down. how we're going to lead off tomorrow's interview with Coach Osborne. How was Snoop? Are you going to Snoop? No, dude. I got to go watch my kid play baseball. Oh, good point. Good point. And I'm not, I'm not going to Snoop. I didn't get my
2: hands on any tickets, so I'm, I might be going to the bowling alley tonight. I guess we'll see. All right. No no, no plans for tonight.
1: As for you want Nuggets, to really get crazy, go to the Snoop Show and then head to the bowling alley and ask for 48 <laughs> cheeseburgers.
2: <laughs> no, uh, let's see. For, for the Nuggets, though, it's like uh, Jordan Poole can't miss, Steph Curry's dropping 30 points off the bench. Off and, the bench. And, oh, they still have Clay Thompson in the starting lineup, and the Nuggets have Nikola Jokic and nobody else. So, um, I'd be happy with one win. If we can get one win in this series, I'll, I'll change my tune-up from Monday. Monday was... Let's go even this series. Let's get it even going back to Denver. Now it's, Christ, can we stop losing by 25 every single game? Just just keep it respectable. Win a game. There's, give them a battle.
1: i tell you what, Golden State gets in modes. They get in rhythm. They can't miss. They are beautiful to watch, even if you're rooting against them, for big-time spurts and staff off the bench for him to – to go off that that didn't fair
2: yeah now nah, I mean just I'll root for the Golden State over the Suns I've I'm not a Suns that, guy. that's your NBA finals man well like, I'm i I'm, I'm, I'm still rooting for my Nuggets to you do know, like something Giannis miraculous too but I just I don't know I'll tell you what this would be a different series if the Nuggets had uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. I'll just say uh, that big
1: time talk to you tomorrow at four with Hale city thanks
2: a hood at media
0: production